Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Got your Bible apps, got, got uh, I don't know, anything where you can follow along. Uh, look at these verses with me today as we can put our eyes on them. They'll register better on you if you can both see it and hear it. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, and I, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Um, so if you have that one, you'll have it word for word with me. If Say, why do you use that one? Well, because I like it. And because Jesus used it, as far as you know. <laughs> no, it's my preference. So Second uh, Chronicles 20, verse 20, let, let's look at this together. It reads, So they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Now, now this passage has been stirring around in me for a, a number of weeks now, and, and, and one of the things that I've learned is, is if I'm praying or if I'm just going through life or even having conversations and something comes to me again and again and again, I start to pay attention and say, hey, does the Lord want me to see something, know something? Now, is this something I need for my individual life? Or as a pastor, am I supposed to be sharing this with the church? And I believe that was the direction of the Lord. And so uh, when I look at this, I recognize that we also uh, run into situations in life where we don't necessarily know how to respond. Uh, How do I respond to this situation? What do I do now? And, And there are times in all of our lives where the right and best response that we can have is simply that we are going to believe God. You know, people might say, hey, I see you're going through some stuff here. What are you going to do? Here's the answer. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe Him. I'm going to take His Word seriously, and I'm going to apply it. I'm going to rely upon it. I am going to believe God. In other words, when opposition is mounting an attack, when a problem is bigger than you, when the Lord directs you to do something that is, you know, kind of outside of your knowledge or your wisdom or your, your ability. You know, when you face a situation and your financial outgo is greater than your financial income, we have decisions to make. We have to make choices. And I don't want, to, I don't want any of us to think of faith or belief or relying on the Lord as an uh, kind of a last-ditch effort. In other words, you know, I tried everything. Everything I can think of, I talked to everyone I know, looks like I'm going to have to pray about this. And then someone else responds and says, really? Has it really come to that? (laughs) In other words, this is so bad, we're going to have to trust God. How many know that should be the first answer? Yeah, it, it is not, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to believe God. No, it is independent of anything I do. I am absolutely going to take God at His word, and I am going to trust Him in this situation. Everybody with me today? Believing God is not the, the, the second choice. It's, it's the only thing to do. 
When you know Him, you say, I'm going to trust. I'm going to believe God to get over, to get through, to come out, to get victory in this situation. And anything else I do, any decisions I make, any actions I take is going to be motivated by, is going to be informed by, is going to be moved by my faith and confidence in Him. Okay, this is how we overcome. This is how victory is won in our lives. And so uh, after you analyze the problem, after you look at the circumstance and the situation that you're dealing with, then analyze your God. Then put your focus on Him. Then meditate on the Lord uh, and ask yourself, just like we might ask our, our, our friend this, but ask yourself, do I believe in Him? Okay, I've got this challenge, I've got this problem, I've got this circumstance, got this opportunity. Do I believe in God? Now, it might seem like a simple answer or a, you know, elementary kind of question. Nevertheless, sometimes we miss it by not asking that. In other words, if you, if you, have you ever had a friend and maybe they were going through a hardship and going through a challenge in life and uh, when they were you know, just trying to figure out what to do, and you ask them, well, <laughs> well, do you believe in God? And sometimes you catch people off guard. You catch people thinking, well, well, yeah. Well, if you do, then why are you acting that way? Well, if you do, then why, why are you all upset about this? I know we don't like it when people do that to us. <laughs> it's like, psh, psh, psh. Thanks for that. But we do need reminded sometimes. You're dealing with this and you're kind of upset over it. You're kind of overwhelmed or freaking out by it. And we just need to come back to, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a relationship with God and he's like kind of in a good position. You know, he knows things and he's well connected and he's really strong. Why am I acting this way? Why am I so concerned? Why don't I get in faith? Why don't I say, Lord, I'm going to trust you in the middle of this? Yeah? Does anyone ever need to hear that? I think all of us probably need to be reminded of the basics sometimes and say, why don't you trust God in this situation instead of letting the circumstance or the situation overwhelm you? Hallelujah. Anybody glad you came to church today? All right. We're just getting started. Believe with me that I say the right thing here because I have a lot to say. And a short time to say it. So, do you believe in him? <laughs> say, I'm scared right now. <laughs> when the preacher says he's got a lot to share, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a fine line between a long message and a hostage situation. <laughs> but, but we are going to trust the Lord to get through this, come out with victory. Come out with joy. See, sometimes we need to be reminded or remind ourselves that God is bigger than anything, than everything that we're dealing with. Listen to this verse from a couple other translations. The New Living reads this way. Believe in the Lord, just the last part of that verse. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets and you will succeed. All right, so what if I don't believe in the Lord? I will not be able to stand firm. I'll lack ability to stand. I'll be shaky. I'll be movable. I'll be changeable. But if I believe, I, that won't happen. Right? Okay, here's the uh, expanded Bible. It reads, 
Have faith, trust, believe in the Lord your God and you will stand strong. Be secure, safe, established. Have faith, trust, believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Amen. Notice that that word succeed there in the New King James Version. It uses the word prosper. How many know what prosperity is, is success? I know some have limited it and they've thought of it only in in terms of financial gain. But prosperity is much larger than just financial gain. It means that you win. It means you succeed in life. How do you prosper in your marriage? Well, it's not just about money at that point. It's about succeeding. How do you win on the job? It's about being effective, doing a good job, right? Being successful in life. These are keys to that end. So our ability to stand is contingent then upon believing in the Lord. Amen. Now, how do you encourage uh, friends who are going through a tough time? I would recommend this. Encourage them to believe God. I don't know what you should do. Yes, I do. You should trust the Lord. See, that is a good answer. That's not a cop-out answer. That's not a last-ditch answer. This is the right answer. You should trust Him. You should believe God that He will do what He said He would do. All right? And so I just don't want to end with, with sympathy. And I know sometimes it's right to say, Hey, I'm sorry you're going through this. I don't like that you're having to deal with this bad situation. But let's believe God. Let's believe God to come through, to come out. And, uh, and so faith is the thing. It's the best thing. It's always the right thing to do. Amen. Now, in, in studying this verse again, as it kept coming up in my heart, I began to look at it. And, and in looking at the, wor- the specific words that were used, sometimes I'll uh, look at Hebrew words and Greek words. Because the Old Testament we have is translated from Hebrew. And so I look and I saw, oh, that's interesting. Believe in the Lord and you will, uh, what will you do? <laughs> be established, thank you. You will be established. And I looked and I, looked, I said, that's the same word. It's the exact, believe there and be established are the exact same Hebrew word. And I thought, okay, that's, that's an interesting look at this. So I went to another translation um, called the Young's Literal Translation. It's a tough read if you read that version of the Bible, but sometimes it gives insights. And it reads this way, Remain steadfast in Jehovah your God and be steadfast. Remain steadfast in His prophets and prosper. So remain steadfast in Jehovah. Jehovah is the word for Lord. Your God and be steadfast. So The way that I achieve the desired result of being a steadfast person is I must be steadfast in Him. Not just I'm going to try to be steadfast. I'm going to be firm, I'm going to be secure, I'm going to be constant. No, I'm going to do that in the Lord. And if I put my steadfastness in Him, then the result will be my life will be solid, firm. I'll be steadfast in life. Does that make sense? I'm not putting it in something else. It's kind of like sometimes parents uh, will look at some of their children and say, that one is a strong-willed child. And usually it's said with, yikes, (laughs) concern. How am I going to 
get that one to obey, right? Uh, is being strong-willed good or bad? Depends on what their will is. See, I think a strong will is a good thing if your will is to do what's right. If your will, if as a person, if my will is to do his will, and I am strong-willed about that, then I'm more solid than you. I'm stronger, I'm more secure, I'm more firm, right? And so this is our confidence, our faith, our reliance, our steadfastness being in Him, now we're set. But not just trying to be steadfast in life on our own. We need to be the kind of people who are not shaken. We are not moved. Nothing can come against us. Nothing can come my way that's going to move me. See, our steadfastness, or really our faith, is revealed when the wind is blowing. It's revealed in the storm. It's not created in the storm. It's shown what we really are. It's uh, uh, in, in difficult times, it shows who we are, what we're made of. In other words, when everything's fine, I feel good. My body's feeling good. My emotions are riding high. Got money in my wallet. Everything's fine at home. It's easy to put on a smile, to treat people kindly, to be generous with my, with my finances, to serve others. It's easy to do that. I worship without kind of any hindrance. It's just glory to God. Being a Christian is wonderful. I love my life. That's easy. But it's when the wind is blowing, when the storm comes, when opposition is, is in your life, when something comes against you that you don't enjoy, now what do you look like? You see, if you look the same, then you've got this down. If even when the storm is moving, tough times have come to you and you're still smiling. And you still worship the Lord. And you're still kind towards other people. You're still generous. You're still serving. And no one even knows what's going on in your life unless you were to tell them. Then you can see you've got something going on here. You've got a confidence in God that exudes out of your pores. You just, man, this is the real thing. Everybody see the difference? But if I come in, and man, and, I, and I've been having a rough time, and immediately when I walk in the room, everyone knows it. <laughs> Some of you aren't even laughing at that and smiling about that at all. You're thinking, this is not even fun right here. I'm telling you, this is real life. Because the storm comes to everybody, right? We deal with the circumstances of life, but when we're grounded and settled, when we're steadfast, we're okay in the middle of it. And this is what he said, this is how you'll prosper. This is how you'll remain firm. Listen to these verses from First Corinthians, uh, this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Because we're going back to Second Chronicles. I don't want you to lose your spot. Some of you, it took like 10 minutes to find it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, look at the, look at the the exhortation. Be this way, steadfast. Don't be moved by things. Always abound in the work of the Lord. You don't, you don't mean like always, like only during my off season, right? Only during my, when I have more time. No, no, always abound in the work of the Lord. 
This is what a steadfast person looks like. Colossians 1.23 reads, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. All right, we're writing to believers now. I mean, once you get saved, it's not the end of the game. It's not the end of our life. You get saved, you receive eternal life, you're in the family of God. Woohoo! Now everything is going to come against you to get you to remove yourself from that hope. To live where that hope is not ever present and ever resounding in your thinking and in your lifestyle and in your decision making. And so there will be circumstances, there will be demons, everything else come against you to try to remove you away from that hope. So what's the word? Continue in the faith. Grounded. Stay. Get your feet in the ground and stay steadfast. Again, unmovable, unshakable. Now how many know this is not talking about worship? It's not talking about when you come in here to worship the Lord that you be unmovable. You've seen that person, haven't you? The stage is up here going, glory to God, he's so good, and they're smiling, and they're happy, and they're excited, and they're out there. God is good all the time. I praise you, Lord. I'm so full of joy. See, this is, don't, don't put that verse into play. Let the Lord move you. Let the Lord move your heart. Let the Lord move in your life so you will express His glory and His goodness. Yeah? But don't let the storm move you. Storm's not going to change the look on my face. The Lord is, but not the storm. Not the problem. Not the bad news. All right, back to Second Chronicles now. Uh, I, I want to go back and read the context of this statement about believing in the Lord and believing His prophets. And so, uh, going back to Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 1, it reads, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Anybody say Jehoshaphat? The kids used to sing a song, it was, they say, and they would say, Fat, Fat Jehoshaphat. So, I guess he was large. Not sure. Maybe he just worked for the song. Jehoshaphat was a godly king of Judah. He was one in a succession of five uh, kings there that was godly, serving the Lord. Doesn't mean he did everything right, but led the, the, the uh, people there uh, in, a, in a godly way. So, verse 2 reads, Then some came and told Jehoshaphat. All right, here's the bad report coming. Saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. I want you to get a picture of this now. Don't just read so quickly that we don't understand the gravity of what's going on here. He's in charge of a nation. And someone is coming to war with them. In fact, it's multiple groups, and they are massive. And they are coming to kill them all, and to take their land, take their houses, and to wipe out their families. This is a very serious situation. Maybe you've dealt with something, maybe not quite like this. You've dealt with something very serious in your life, where there was a report of something, and it was very, very negative. The question is, how do we respond? How do we react to that? 
And I like the way Jehoshaphat did. He set himself to seek the Lord. He proclaimed a fast through the land. He said, this is a big deal here. This is serious. This is life or death. We're not going to ignore it and pretend that it's not happening. This is the real deal. But we're going to meet and uh, meet a serious challenge with a serious response. What's that serious response? Well, we're going to call all the other nations and get... No, 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 no. Serious problem? Immediately you look to the Lord. That's the right response. We are going to seek Him. In fact, we're going to miss some meals. We're going to go hungry. And we are going to take that time. We are going to seek after Him. And uh, how many know, if you read the the context of the whole book and the, the story of King Jehoshaphat, you'll find out that this is not the first time he sought the Lord. And I don't recommend that whatever may come in our future that might be negative, that that would be the first time we seek the Lord. Make it a, a lifestyle, a life of faith, not just I react and respond when everything blows up. Now, if you're new here and maybe things are not going well in your life, or if you're old here, whatever, uh, things are not going well in your life and you don't have a, a history, a pattern, a habit of seeking the Lord, um, don't throw in the towel because a bunch of us here, we already know how to seek Him. We already know how to inquire of the Lord and receive help. We know how to pray and get answers. And so take advantage of us. We'll help you. We'll get you over. We'll get you through. And the Lord will move in your life. But going forward, don't only be a prayer when things fall apart. Don't only seek the Lord when things are down. Seek Him while it feels good. Seek the Lord while you have money in your wallet, while the family is getting along, while things are fine on the job, amen, while your health is good. Seek the Lord. Take time and spend time with Him. And when, if something bad comes up, you're ready to go. I have a relationship with this guy. (laughs) He's the Father God. He's the creator of the universe. And I believe everything is going to be all right. So that wasn't the first time he sought the Lord. Uh, Neither should it be with us. Verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Now, notice, Judah gathered together. How many know gathering together is different than gathering apart, alone? I I know uh, certainly we should all have our individual prayer lives. We should all pray on our own. But how many know know the Lord still wants us at times to gather together? There is a, a common notion in our in our culture today where more and more people are saying, you know, I don't believe in going to church and doing that. I just like to go on top of the mountain. I just feel closer to God when I'm in nature. And, uh, well, good for you. Go on top of the mountain. Seek the Lord. Go on the lake. Seek the Lord. Do whatever you do. But also, this is not an either or. This is not this is right and this is right. Do that. Have Do whatever floats your boat, you know, water or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Do whatever helps you walk with the Lord and seek the Lord. But also, don't neglect the body. Don't neglect the family. God is a family man. He wants us to be together. And sometimes He wants us to pray together. He wants us to seek Him together. And we get corporate answers. So they they came together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came together. To seek the Lord, they came together. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, now listen, here here comes Jehoshaphat's prayer. And I'm going to read it through kind of quick 
But I want you to catch the spirit of, of how he prays. He says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if a disaster comes... uh, Sorry. If a disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name dwells, your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Did you notice the, the attitude, the faith that is in this prayer? How many know he didn't start off and, and proclaimed to the Lord, we got problems here. Big problems. And then went down the list and described every part of everything that could go wrong and cried and moaned and complained. See, this is a faith prayer. This is one that's filled with praise. But notice how it starts with, and he goes on and on and on, declaring who God is, not declaring how big that army is. What do your prayers look like? Are they more around the problem? the circumstance, how bad it is, how much it hurts, or is it that's kind of tacked on to the end? And the majority of it is, you are God. You are almighty. And we come into our new covenant. And you sent your son. And Jesus died for me and took my shame and took my pain. And by his stripes I am healed. And you took the curse and you broke it off my life. And I believe that you are the same God today that you were in the, in the earlier days. Come on. Are we declaring who he is? See, this is a good pr- God respects this, by the way. And by the way, this worked in the end. You know, punchline, early they win this kind of prayer works it's not an uninformed prayer it's not just i don't know anything that god has ever promised i don't know anything about any covenants i don't know anything about jesus and his resurrection i'm just i'm just no be informed and bring it back to him declare the way things really are this kind of prayer is based on who god is and what his word says not the problem Amen. Isaiah 43, 26 reads, put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. See, this is part of our prayer life. It's full of God's words. It's full of who he is, what he has promised us. And they had this, you know, remember Abraham, Lord? You do remember him, right? Wasn't he your friend? You gave this to him. This is all in their prayer. Verse 10. And now... Here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. So bringing that up, we would have taken care of them before, but you said no. So I guess this is on you now. Isn't that basically what he's saying to the Lord? Say, you can't talk to God that way. If you know him, you can. This comes out of a genuine relationship with the Father. It's not a, uh, sometimes people realize, they, they don't realize how people who really know God actually talk to Him. He's almost saying, this is kind of your fault. 
you're going to have to do something about this. And you said you would. You gave us this land and Abraham and built this place. And you said if this would happen and yeah, you talk to the Lord that way. You can. It's not offensive. He appreciates it. Someone who will take his own promises right back to him. That's someone who takes him seriously. Uh, where are we? <laughs> In the middle of 10, you would not let them invade when they came out of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Verse 11, here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. Inherit, O oh, our God. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but. You ever feel that way? I don't have any power to deal with this situation. I do not know what to do. I, 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 I I, I can't handle this. But, he said, our eyes are upon you. How many know you always have to have your butt in the right place? Once you describe the problem, once you say, and I can't fix this on my own, then it's, but I'm looking to you, Lord. My eyes are on you. And who is he? He's the one you already described before you got to the problem. You are this, and you can do this, and you promised this, and you said this, and this is what your word says, and here's the problem, and I can't do anything about that. I have no power. I don't know what to do in this situation, but I'm looking to you, Lord. Come on, that is an answer. That is our help. I remember one of our services uh, not too long ago uh, uh, on a Wednesday night. I was, I was at, at, right at the end of the service. I, I was standing here and the, uh, I had a word, word from the Lord. And, and part of that word was this. It was, it was lift up your eyes. And I knew what that meant. It wasn't like physically lift up your eyes. It was, it was the word of the Lord to all of us telling us, get your eyes off the circumstances. Get your eyes off the problems and look at me. And that's where our help comes from. Yeah? And, uh, and so I gave that word, and, and it's shortly after the service, so just standing right over here, uh, and one individual came up and was inquiring and, and asking and had some problems going on in his life, and he was, uh, you know, looking at the problem, basically. And before I even, like, pointed back to it, because sometimes, you know, when you prophesy... It doesn't come out of your head. You didn't premeditate it. You didn't memorize it. You didn't learn it. It just comes out of your spirit and you say it. And you're kind of listening. Uh, but before I even thought about it, the person who was also standing next to there said, well, your answer just came. Lift up your eyes. I thought, yeah. <laughs> that is what the Lord just said a second ago. Get your eyes off the problem, off the circumstance. So apparently he received that and changed his focus. And as soon as he did, I got a word of knowledge. I said, something wrong with your ear on the right side, the right, your right ear. And, uh, and he said, I, it's de- I'm deaf in that ear. I can't hear out of that ear. He got his eyes on the Lord and all of a sudden, and just like that, I knew something. And the Lord moved. And I said, well, let me put my hands on you and, 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 and let's uh, get that fixed. I put my hands right there on his ears and I said, check now. He said, yeah, I can hear. And uh, just like that, his deafness to full hearing uh, as a result of what? Here's the problem, here's the problem here. But we are looking to you. Our eyes are on you, Lord. Amen. See, this is a different response than Jehoshaphat's father, Asa. He had some problems. 
and he turned to all the other kings around him. He, 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 had, he, he, um, he looked to Syria for help in 1 Kings 15. This situation turned out much, much better. Amen. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from or from whence my help comes from. All right, let's keep going. Verse 13. Got a couple more minutes? Verse 13. All right, this group over here. See you guys later. I heard. Uh, Verse 13. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. I like that. Get the picture of that. This is the whole family believing God. This is the whole family praying together. But look, look verse, verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. When? when? Then. They just prayed. I mean, this just happened. We just declared who you are. We told you the problem. We said, we're looking to you. And just like that, boom, the Spirit of God comes upon the prophet. Jehaziel, and he's the son of this guy, and 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 this guy. He's the son of all those people. And he said in verse 15, Listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you king, fat, fat, Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Isn't this good news? Amen. Now, again, we're removed from this. We're not being threatened right now. This is real life for them. Okay? They prayed, and it was an awesome prayer. And they're taking this serious. And then immediately the prophet stands up. But how many know what the prophet looks like? It's not like Jesus showed up in all his glory. It's just a dude who looks like them, smells like them, lives with them from the outward. This is not like, okay, cool, we're good now. They had to receive this by faith. When the prophet stands up and says, hey, this is not going to be a problem. Here's what the word of the Lord is. You're not even going to have to fight this battle. You're not even going to have to deal with this. In fact, let's, let's read, read his prophecy. But get the picture of this. Um, he said in verse 16, tomorrow... Go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel, and you will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat, well, let's stop there for a moment. Again, this is the picture. They still had to exercise faith, because how many know they would be tempted to say, well, that's a nice-sounding little speech you gave there, Mr. Uh, whatever your name was, son of so-and-so and son of so-and-so and son of so-and-so. Uh, good, nice little speech there, prophet. But this is life or death. And I'm sure some people are think, might be tempted to think, I'm getting myself out of town. We're getting out of Dodge here because this, we're about to get wiped out. Or they say, I believe the word of the Lord. I believe that we prayed right, that God is who he said he is, and this word that came, we're going to stand on this, and we're going out there to this battle, not to fight, to watch. Yeah. Verse 18, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. See, what does that show? That shows a reverence 
and a respect for the Word of God. The Word of the Lord came, and they took it seriously. They're like, damn, thank you, Lord. We worship you. I wonder sometimes if we respond to the Word of the Lord the same way. I've had times in my life where the Spirit of God has given me something, and I'm proclaiming what the Lord is saying, and people are getting up and walking around and goofing around doing this and that, and I think, oh, Lord, we don't, we don't, we don't understand what's going on here. We don't get this. This is the Word of the Lord. We've got to take it seriously. I like their response. What did they do? Face in the ground. Thank you for speaking to us. We believe you. We accept this word. Yeah? And so don't ignore words from God. Honor Him. Respect Him. Reverence Him. Worship Him. Respond to them. Faith is shown in our praise. Faith is shown in our thanksgiving. So I'm going through a tough time. Praise your way to victory. Come on. Praise your way. Don't cry your way to victory. Praise your way to victory. Smile on your face. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I believe in you. Verse 19, then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites, Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they reverenced him, they worshiped him, then they got on their feet and said, Glory! Come on, that's not a, a voice of depression there. That's not, a, that's not a declaration of we're about to meet our maker. We're about to be wiped out. No, we're shouting with praise. They're smiling. They're shouting with a loud voice. So they rose early in the morning. Got up first thing. Let's not even wait till noon. We rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said. That's the verse we read at the beginning. Believe in the Lord. So he's giving them an encouragement right before this happens. Believe in the Lord. You will be established. Believe in his prophets. You'll prosper. And you know what happened next. You can read the rest of it on your own. But what they did is just like they've been praising, they've been shouting, they've been fasting. You don't, I mean, you're going to fast right before you fight? Seems like you need extra energy. And then the Lord said, you're not going to have to do this. Just go out there. And what they did is they took the worship team and put them out in front. Not the army, the navy, the air force, the, not, not the armed, not the armed forces, not the fighters, not the toughest. They took the singers. You guys go out in front. Naturally speaking, that's not a good move. And I'm not saying our worship team is not strong and everything else, but generally you don't think of the praisers, the choir boys. You know, as being equal to the the military. Right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? 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 Okay. What, what are they doing? This is faith. This is trust in God. He said we're not going to have to fight it. So let's go out there praising in the beginning. Hallelujah. And they, as they did that, they went out that way. And uh, what happened is the Lord got involved. And that massive army started killing each other. <laughs> This group fought this group, and then they fought each other. By the time they got there, they looked around, and they were all dead. They were all dead. They came to kill them, and they all died. And they never lifted a finger. I know it's easy to say sometimes to someone else, Oh, the battle, honey, is not yours. It's the Lord's. But when it's real life, how many know it's time to step up in faith? And it really takes some conviction. It really takes some uh, steadfastness to say, I believe God is going to fight my battle too. 
And he's going to come through and win in this situation for me. I'm going to stand here and praise him, give him thanks, and give him glory. I believe the word of the Lord to me. Amen. Amen. And this is how we are going to overcome. Amen. And prosper in all that we do. Praise God. Now, just hold right there. I have more to say that I'm going to say next time. But I have more to say about this believing the prophets. In fact, that's the title. Believe his prophets. All right? Have more to say about the Lord, the word of the Lord coming to us and what we do with what he says. But we'll get into that next time. Father, thank you for working in our lives. Thank you.